everybody come on let's get down down cool all right welcome everybody we've got a fun jam-packed episode today so welcome to friends from work hey rick hey brian how's it going hello hello the gang is here we're it's been a minute oh my lord we i know we had all here we had a lot of things that kind of took us out there for a minute but me me at least not everybody but me Um, that whole life thing you know the life thing that happens yeah um but uh, we've got a fun show today. So um, first thing, we're going to talk about some headlines. Um, big things happening in the entertainment business, even though there's strikes happening. So um, we're just going to get right into this. So the honorary Oscars were announced earlier this week. Uh, and among the honorees, Angela Bassett was named. Now, this is this is weird. This is controversial because she did not get the Oscar for her performance in Wakanda forever. A lot of people think she should have. I, she should have, and she should have gotten it when she played Tina Turner. So there's, there's a lot of things that, you know, are, are causing this controversy to kind of have this uproar, but I wanted to see, did you guys have an initial reaction? This had you heard about this yet? Or like, tell me, tell me what your reaction here. Well, I mean, I think she's awesome. Well, yeah. Right. Well, see, and here's my problem with awards, period, like Oscars. You, I, All this stuff lost me. And I can tell you guys this as actors, too, that we can relate to it on a little different level. Like when Russell Crowe and Denzel Washington and not to get off the topic here, let me just share this real fast. I promise I'll be quick. I remember like one year and Famous I forget, last words. I, yeah. And I, and I, yeah. And I may have, I may have the order <laughs> backwards, but I remember like like Russell Crowe won best actor for what was it uh the the film where he's the i can't get the word in my he's a he's a warrior what was that movie anybody so many of them uh, yeah the so one he won an oscar them? for anyway whatever that movie was it was the gladiator was it gladiator yeah gladiator and then denzel yeah. washington didn't win it for uh the uh, the film where he played the boxer that was that was in prison for killing someone he didn't kill the hur- hurricane, mm-hmm. hurricane, right? And so mm-hmm. to make up for it, the next year they gave Denzel Washington the Academy Award for for um, the film with Ethan Hawke with their cops. Um, training day, training day, yes, and uh, yeah, and and then Russell Crowe did like a get trivia it. game now. And, 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 and Russell Crowe <laughs> didn't get it for a beautiful mind. I'm like, okay, right actor, wrong movies. You, you guys were just. Anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah. I just went on that rant for a second. So anyway, she's awesome. That's what I got, Brian. Yeah. I'll shut up. No, I think she's absolutely amazing. I'm, I'm surprised she hasn't won it yet. So mm-hmm. uh, honorary. How do you feel about honorary, though? Is that um, Does that carry the same weight? Is it a basically, we know you've slipped through the cracks. Here's something. Or is a thank you for acknowledging everything I've done? Like, where, See, does, it, where does it fit for you? If, if she had gotten the Oscar last year, and then yeah. maybe we're five years later, and she gets the honorary governor's oscar award like right. i feel like then it's a oh body of work accomplishment but since body she didn't get it last year i feel like that's where some of this is like making me feel a little icky because yeah. it very much to me at least if i'm in her shoes and i feel like i got snubbed like yeah. i deserved that oscar this is my second time that i was nominated i still didn't get it then like i'm feeling like oh like you're wanting me to play nice here's my honorary oscar yeah like i don't know like it just it it, it makes me feel a little you know what i mean uh, i don't i don't i don't like hmm. the oscars period but i've made my case well, yeah. yeah 
now. Yeah, there, there's a I weird mean, line of I feel seen versus don't expect me to thank you for anything. <laughs> like, don't exactly. do me any favors. Like, there's a exactly. there's an alt line in there. So good for her. Um, yeah. Yes, she should have had one already, but um, she's a badass. She's a badass. She she's is. Amazing. She's and a badass. She was queen in Wakanda Forever. I mean, there's oh, no. Yeah question so and yeah. she was so good in the first one too th- like that's yeah. the other thing it's yeah. like she's just she's just such a powerhouse she so is. it's uh angela bassett and mel gibson are the two that are going to get the honorary oscars at the governor awards so i mean mel brooks i felt like was like he's kind of poor guy is kind of getting like none of the the press attention on this because everyone's talking about angela bassett but right. i mean i think mel brooks's award is very much a body of work like acknowledgement yeah so and listen, I know later in the show, by the way, guys, Courtney has put together an awesome show. No Woo-hoo. joke. She has. Um, and we'll, I know that we've got some stuff. And Ezra Miller will come up and things. So quick question for everybody. You, you mentioned Mel Gibson. Yeah. What point do we sort of separate the artist from the art? And like when you said that name, I c- couldn't help it. I cringed because he is. Well, said, not Mel Gibson, Mel Brooks. No, but you said, but you, you said Mel Gibson first, right? You said Mel Gibson first. Oh crap, Mel Brooks. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, really I was about to say Mel Gibson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Is sorry, Mel Brooks. Brooks. He, How he, does she feel about getting an honorary you... alongside Mel Gibson? I was like, wait, that, that's what I was thinking about Mel Gibson. And then, you, yeah, no. but then you said Mel Brooks. I'm like, Mel Gibson. I know they're. Yeah. Like, is is Mel Brooks getting one also? That's wow. Okay, and I know, yeah, he... I know, we've got Lethal Weapon Five. Do we need an anti-Semitic rig? I don't know. <laughs> Oh boy. Yeah, oh no. So that's sorry, y'all. Yeah, no, I'm looking at my article and I just for some reason <laughs> okay, read. That Mel makes Brooks. more sense. All right. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Okay. All right. No, that was on me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so interesting. Poor guy, you know, poor Mel Brooks is um kind of getting the short end of the stick in terms of I think there's not a lot of noise celebrating his accomplishment, whereas everyone's talking about Angela Bassett. So yeah. Kind of she's younger, taco. she's younger and more, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's kind of you know, he's like three generations ago. Although I will say this, he had the greatest title for a movie ever, and it, it and he never made it. You know what it was? Spaceballs three: The Search for Spaceballs two. And I thought, brilliant, and they, and they never made it. How I mean, I, I never can heard understand that. why. Right. I read it. I read that in a uh, not a not. It would have been Star Log because that was more fantasy films. But in the eighties and nineties, if you guys may remember this when you were older, obviously, or you were not born then yet, or you were very I young. remember the eighties. Yeah. But like, remember when we actually had to read magazines, <laughs> it was in one of those magazines. Yeah. Those, those ancient magazines. And I read the articles. Okay. Go ahead, Courtney. Sorry. Yeah. Oh no, no, you're fine. Um, so moving on to our next topic here. So for those of you who read Colleen Hoover's books, I'm sure neither of you do, but the ladies in your life might, uh, she's a very, well-written author i've read almost everything she's put out her stories and her her prose and everything is just fabulous and she writes a lot from uh, her real life experience which is just fabulous so highly recommend if you haven't read anything from colleen hoover you should but one of her most popular titles it ends with us is uh was picked up by justin baldoni's production company if you guys know him from jane the virgin among other things uh he's really become a huge multi-hyphenate within the entertainment industry and he is playing uh lyle the main character and then he is also going to be um producing the movie but we started getting set photos a few weeks ago and blake lively was cast as the main title character her name is lily and um the the photos are something uh there's a lot of noise across the internet uh Uh the interwebs of people being a 
questioning these said photos. Like, are they tricking us? Like, is this a practical joke? Is this like the longest running April Fool's joke of all times? Or is this truly what these characters are going to look like and be wearing, et cetera? So I know you guys aren't as versed, but I sent you guys, I showed you some of the photos and I want to yeah. hear what y'all think about this and put your brains in the main of like, you've read all this stuff, you know, these characters inside and out. And this then is what you get. Well, okay. so yeah. help us okay, out because well, I don't know anything about the characters. I don't know even what the real story is. So yeah. if I'm looking at the pictures, I'm like, well, those don't look great. But is that in line with, is the is so who who is who um uh, playing like what is the basic breakdown? Yeah, so Justin Baldoni is playing a character, the main uh, male title character. His name is Ryle. In the book, he is thirty years old and he's a surgeon. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like Justin Baldoni, very attractive man, like objectively very attractive. So I think that is in line. However, Justin Baldoni is thirty nine. He's almost forty. And yeah, like you can look younger. You know, that one's not as big of something that is uh, interesting, but the cast, Lily Bloom, who's cast as Blake Lively, that character is supposed to be 23. Blake Lively is 35. Wait. What, well, uh, okay, I see. No. I, I can see the issue here. Now, and here's the thing, and we all know this. When you read a book and you create these characters in your head, by the way, based yeah. on the way they're described, by to be fair, yeah. right, right. There's a very dis descriptive description of these characters. Yeah, and, yeah. and then and then they are because I can remember I was a big Anne Rice guy in high school, right? I can remember yeah. when uh, in, in Interview with the Vampire came out and and Tom Cruise was Lestat, all four foot three of them and everything else, and people were on an uproar and it did not match how Anne Rice wrote him. But then you see context in the film and he was he was yeah he was awesome he was great so that was one of my first lessons of being exposed to letting go of a a book to film with the changes the narrative changes and also the description of the characters although i don't understand why it happens so often like there's so many great actors that would fit those descriptions why not just yeah. cast them i don't know but then, you yep. know, if and I, that's if I, some of the yeah. controversy with this particular role. Like there were all these fan castings when the rights were picked up. And so all of these different actresses were thrown of like all over social media. Oh, this would be the perfect. Pro and then like you get Blake Lively, which like Blake Lively, she's amazing. She's gorgeous. Like totally get it. But it was such a 180. So it's interesting you say that, Rick, because this week, why I put this in the rundown is uh, Colleen Hoover came out and she defended her decision to significantly age up the character. So her quote is, back when I wrote It Ends With Us, it was a new adult genre of, of books uh, and was, was really popular. You were writing college age characters. That's what, I con that's what I was contracted to do. I made Lily very young. I didn't know that neurosurgeons went to school for 50 years. That's not 20, that's not a 20 something neurosurgeons, he says. And then I started, as we started making this movie, I'm like, we need to age them up because I messed up. So that's my fault. So it's interesting that, you know, the author of the book, yeah. as they're going through the casting process, as they're going through development, she's getting a whole new lens as to what the process in movies is like and how the story translate, if it does, if it doesn't. So I wanted to hear a little bit about y'all's thoughts on this. And just, I, I think it's just an interesting conversation. It's an interesting conversation if, uh, and it's, it, I think it should be uh, across the board used a little bit more. If certain details of characters are not important, flex them. 
Uh, we're talking yeah. age. We're talking gender. We're talking Ethnicity. race. We're talking yeah. a whole lot of different things. It, I mean, the bottom line is unless very specifically this person's views are based on a set of life experiences that only belong to X, then um, flex it. Uh, yeah. that's, I mean, we get to think, uh, think um, Ripley in uh, the Alien series for exactly that kind of a situation. Is It was originally written for a man and they flexed it over to a female role. Um, so if, yeah. if it isn't super important, consider flexing it. Um, the fans that are sitting there going, no, but I pictured her as cool. Mm -hmm. Um, I get it, but yeah, still. Yeah. Well, I yeah. was old. I'm old enough to remember when Michael Keaton was cast as Batman and it's a little different, but hear me out. And he was, he, he's, a, he's it's a little circle back to Batman somehow, man. I well, love it, that. Yeah. Yeah. But he's, a, he's but, 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 but it was a big uproar because he was, he's a little guy, you know, and Batman is Bruce Wayne is six. I mean, Ben Affleck, to be fair, looks more comic book accurate than any Batman we've ever had on film. Yeah. And Michael Keaton is kind of almost antithetical to that. And he's Mr. Mom. He's a character of comedic actor. And, and of course he ends up being the goat, right? So right. you people have to just chill and you have to wait to the finished product and see. And this may be perfect and completely like, you know, overcome all your uh, your fears and whatnot. So let's just wait yeah. till it comes out and yeah. then everybody can judge it from there. They yeah. are. They are. They are they're, they're an attractive couple. Both of them. They are. They very are. Um, OK, so fun fact. We're talking about flexing of roles. Did either of y'all watch Succession? No, no. What? No. Oh. I'm, watching, I'm watching this chimpanzee documentary on Netflix, so it's awesome. But no, I <laughs> well, I, I, I'm, I'm working sorry. my way it's back awesome. through <laughs> Mrs. Maisel, and we got oh, the, the, the she's in one of our announcements coming up. Next one. Okay, yeah. so I'm going to say this, and we'll move on. So the, there was a role in Succession for listeners who maybe watched Succession. So the role of Jerry, which is played by a woman, was originally written for a man, and uh, J. Cameron Smith was like screw this i'm this role but i'm a woman so she submitted a self-tape for it anyways and then got cast that's all i have to say good um good. So that's cool okay so yeah new superman casting this is where rachel bros i'm always saying her brosnahan. name brosnahan 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 Whoa. has been cast as lois and david cord corns cornswet i'm gonna butcher his name has been cast as superman now rick i know you have passionate feelings let's hear it I yeah, so I have to full disclosure here. I'm not real. Fam I'm not familiar with their work. Okay, now, but when the casting, obviously, and then I, you know, I knew that you wanted to discuss this on this episode. I yeah. poked around, watched some stuff on YouTube. This is all I can say. I watched enough scenes, and particularly with him, because it's the embodiment of Superman is is extraordinarily tricky. And I'm not saying that Lois is not, and she's a badass character, but Superman is Superman, like Wonder Woman's Wonder Woman, you know, these characters that are larger than life. And of course, I watched uh, a few scenes, and all I saw was, well, there's this Clark. Oh, there's a Superman. I get it. I, I just see it. I get it. Of course, he looks great. So, and listen, in Gun, we trust anyway, right? And yeah. she, what's the show that she did? What was I watching? Marvelous Mrs. Major. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So I was, so I watched some scenes from that, and she's a dynamic actress. So mm -hmm. I yeah. am. She's amazing. All on board for the casting. I'm also all on board for Gunn's vision to reset everything, and more on that in a little bit. It needs to happen. And uh, yes, I'm very, very excited. And there's, and he's given James Gunn has given me nothing but confidence in, in his decision making so far. Yep. So Brian, what do you you have thoughts? Let's hear it. Uh, I don't know him. I haven't seen his work. I'm looking at the at one of his pictures right now. He looks relatively slight. How tall is he? 
Uh, That's I don't a know, great question. Six two, six three. But dude, oh. check out just some of his scenes. I mean, he's. He's a legit talent. You know what's kind of funny? I'm, I'm mm-hmm. seeing there's a faction of, of fandom that's particularly on Twitter, probably probably yeah. on Facebook too. They're like, oh, he just looks like Henry Cavill. I'm like, uh, that's because they both look like freaking Superman. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> kind of looks like Brandon Ralph too. That's weird. And got a little Christopher Reeve thing going. No. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So right. I've done no. some uh, IMDB Pro has him at 6'4, and oh, he was born wow. in 93. Okay, so he's a bigger dude than he looks. Okay. Oh my god, the now, guy she... that's playing Superman was born the year I graduated high school. Six four, by the way. That's <laughs> the first. That's the tallest Superman we've that, had on. That's cinematic. it. That's it. And he should be. That's amazing. Since, since Chris Reeve, Chris Reeve was six yeah. four also. Now Rachel Brosnahan, it's... though, I'm I'm going to point at her for a minute because it yeah. never occurred to me watching Mrs. Right? Mabel to cast her as Lois. But if you think about it, that level of pluck is the proper word. That level of, yes. of pluck, that level of tell me I can't do a thing and then watch me do it. That level of of going and finding the people and meeting the people and then picking her fights uh, mm-hmm. and then just basically just wiping the floor or not as, as, as much as she's able to every time and then being absolutely incredible to watch and charismatic the entire way through. Yeah, <laughs> that's a yeah, that's the lowest lane. Amazing. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was really excited for her when I saw this and I was thinking about how uh, Marvel's Mrs. Maisel is coming to an end. Like it's the last season. Uh-huh. And then this announcement came out like a day or two after that. And I was like, Oh, Ooh. that's amazing. Like oh, what a win for be her and her for team. Her. Yeah. yeah. I was really excited for her and she's, I think, you know, she's put in a lot of, you know, equity in with the yeah. audience. I think that can relate to that. Yeah. And I think it would break, I think it's going to bring in a lot of female viewers. Yeah, really and truly, she's going to pull in a large segment of the female audience who maybe had no interest of watching this previously. Right, and that's a win. Yeah, and I wouldn't be win. shocked if it right. wasn't part of the conversation. I will check out just about anything she's in, just because she's in it. Um, so, exactly. No, that's that's she's she's absolutely won that uh, favor. So yeah. Yep, and then just some things since we know, uh, you know, Rachel Brosnahan was in Marvelous Maisel, some stuff that. Uh, David Corswent has been in. Uh, You may have seen him in Ben Platt's The Politician that was on Netflix. That was a two-season run uh, from Ryan Murphy along with Hollywood. If y'all haven't watched Hollywood on Netflix, it's very good. One of my friends also worked on it. Uh, She was the production coordinator on the show, but it's a very good show. Uh, He was also in We Own This City, Look Both Ways, and Pearl. So, And he also has a connection to House of Cards, So, Mm. um, which is cool. Okay. Nice. Oh, yeah. So fun stuff there. But yeah, Very so exciting cool. casting coming out of that. So this is going to go into our next topic here. James Gunn. I know there's lots of thoughts on the James Gunn universe. The Flash is done horribly, so it's a good time for the new regime. But James Gunn recently was quoted talking about the current state of superhero movies. He was quoted saying, people have gotten really lazy. Really? There's a lot of Biff Pal Bam stuff happening, speaking in terms of yeah. the industry. Uh, they've gotten to a place where it's oh, it's a superhero movie. Let's make it. Let's make a movie about it. And then oh, let's make a sequel because the first one did pretty well. And then it's oh, why is this story special? What makes the story stand out? So he, he kind of goes on. I'm paraphrasing, but he goes on to basically question the current trajectory of the IP of superhero movies and yes. why everything has started to feel so cookie cutter. Here, here's a, here's a question I have. Was this question posed to him, or did he say or volunteer this? However, it got brought up. Was this Ooh, in con- was well? Was this in yeah? It, it, also, was it in context though of anything that had to do with the Flash? 
I'm a little confused. That's a great on question. This. So the this the whole quote and everything came out of a recent interview with Michael Rosenbaum's Inside of You podcast. Yeah, I watched a little so, bit of that too. I watched some scenes, not the whole thing, but it was it was a yeah. good chat. Well, I mean, here's yeah. what I would say. There's a lot of it's anything that's overly saturated, obviously, is a problem. I, I don't I don't know if there's superhero fatigue per se. I do think that he's right. <clears throat> there's been a third act curse on a lot of movies, a lot of comic mm -hmm. movies. And, and they start so you're talking apart. about the, uh, the sky beam and the army of faceless CGI enemy. Well, in every in, one of them, <laughs> just in general. Yeah. And I would not call the Batman lazy. I, I, I really, no, well, I that love that movie. No, I think but, that's but, a but, different but, subset. But, but yeah. I would even, I would even say in that film, honestly, I think the third act drags and is in a little misplaced. Yeah. So there's like this third act curse that's going on. Um, but there's been a lot of lazy films. I, I do think that the Black Adam for one, Shazam. And by the way, I don't dislike either one of those films. They were fine. I, they came on and I was on my couch. I'd watch them, but they're very forgettable. And that's not yeah. that's not going to help sustain this genre and film. But I, I look, yeah. I don't want to go down a rabbit hole on this, but I, I'll just say that the 800 pound gorilla in the room, in my opinion, is that what's toxic and, and what audiences have checked out on is anything that has to that has come from that Snyder verse, and I don't mean just the ones he's directed. I mean all of it. They're just over it. I, I think that's yeah. why the, we'll talk more about the Flash later. But I, I, I think it's one of the reasons that film's not doing well. It's going to be very interesting to see what Aquaman two does. It's going to be very mm -hmm. telling. But I think that well, what's really interesting about this whole thing, if you, when you bring up Aquaman two, is they have brought James Gunn in and instead of waiting till all these additional films are out in the market, they're, they're hardly even marketing them. First of all, but David Zaslav has his own issues and that's a whole nother conversation, but they're not even allowing the current slate to run out before they're basically saying, forget everything you've known about DC. And like they have three movies to come out. Right. No, and I, there's a, there's no, a huge piece of, uh, it's like a brand new TV series. Cool. I'm going to wait until this TV series hits at least two seasons before I'm going to invest. Because if you guys cancel it halfway through the first or second season again, then there's no point to me watching it. Get lost. Yeah. C correct. And a lot of the poor performance of The Flash has started to become attributed to the fact that people are like, well, if James Gunn is going out saying all this stuff that's coming out, it's crap. Yeah, Blue Beetle, the end crap. Of a, a Flash, crap. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah, but he really praised The Flash in a way that he did not do in any other of the films that that have come out on the DC slate since he's yes, been in charge. Yes, but is that is that him trying to backpedal, or is that him truly saying, "Oh, <laughs> no, I love this movie"? I, I really that's do. That's where know people's me. heads are. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know him. I feel that's like the question. Was, yeah, I feel like there was something. Again, I don't know the man, but yeah. I, I feel like there was something that he was truly passionate about. And I, and I will say, I, I it is a pretty damn great comic book movie, but it it it's not it's dead right but more more on that in a moment but i i just well, think that for for him i do uh, here wait here here's the question yeah to, to, to kind of tie in more specifically to this do, does the because these are all fair points but does the general audience that is the vast majority of the people that see these movies do they go james gunn is resetting i don't know to see this because it's not gonna be a sequel do they even know that do they even because they just didn't show up for this, and I don't know if they know that. I think they saw the the flash trailer. I think they saw scenes from Man of Steel, and they were like, "Oh, it's part of that." And I'm I'm out. Yeah. And um, because it's basically comes from a universe they already rejected. But he is right. There's a lot of lazy films. It's got to stop. I think this wave of Marvel that we've been getting these last few years has not been great. It hasn't uh, been great. Hasn't been great. There's been some some gems. So let's just like. 
just make great movies and everything will be okay. Quit trying to churn them out and, and quit warning. That goes so into our later well. topic, but I'm yeah. going to table that Rick, Brian, go but ahead. I, I, know I you definitely, thank you for that. I definitely got a piece on this. Um, so it's, it, it's interesting talking about uh, lazy. Yes, absolutely. Uh, there have been so many, and I think Marvel is guilty of this sin, especially over the last couple of years, because Marvel is essentially replacing their entire roster um, for Avengers. So in the process, they have introduced so many origin stories that come across borderline cookie cutter because that's the origin story of a superhero. Yeah. They're almost all in some form or fashion, very like, like four variations. I, I got to sit down and actually fill that claim out, but there's like four variations off of the superhero origin story. Yeah. Give me a minute. It may actually be three, might be 10. I don't know. But uh, there's only a few variations of the superhero origin story. It's the, yeah. it's the classic hero's journey if it's told well. Um, I saw a trailer, the perfect example of this, I saw a trailer for Blue Beetle the other day. And I know people have been really looking forward to Blue Beetle being on the big screen. I'm looking at the trailer and it looks like a... Did you ever see uh, uh, Ben 10? Yes, yes, uh, yes. Was it the movie that came out a couple of years ago? Yeah, it was. was. It was the movie based on the Nickelodeon TV show. It or was horrible. Disney, whatever. It's, nah, it's, it you get this guy who's got uh, whatever unusual life, and then there's this doohickey that breaks its way out of a lab that attaches itself to him, and then he decides he's going to be a superhero because ooh, cute girls like it. And yeah. uh, and it's and it is almost literally the trailer for. And of course, there's all there's the bad guys that believe that that belongs to them, so they're going to come try to take it. That is literally the plot of Blue Beetle as in the trailer. And I'm just watching it going, yeah. I've seen this and it wasn't good the first time. So yep. yes, in terms of being lazy, there have been so many characters introduced on the big screen over the last couple of years. And because, because Marvel and DC have been in a hurry just to get them up on the screen so that we can use them. I love the fact that they bypassed because we've seen Spider-Man's origin story so many times. With Tom Holland, they went ahead and just bypassed the origin, said, you guys already know yeah. who he is. You know what the basic breakdown is. Ta-da. Yeah. By the way, Aunt May's hot now. Moving on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my and God. And she's dead. <laughs> and we're going to kill her. Yeah. Oh, uh, you bastard. Yeah, you had to bring that up. You had to bring Spoilers. that up. But, uh, <laughs> so I, I love that they straight up bypassed. Um, I, I I think James Gunn is, is definitely onto something. I loved um, Guardians. I went and saw it again. Mm -hmm. um, I've oh, seen it, I, I think, three times now, and it was fantastic every time. Uh, I get a different emotional high or ride every time um, I see it. Does it get you more yeah. excited for Superman Legacy? Yeah. Uh, he's he's definitely found his rhythm. He's definitely found his groove. Um, weird is is what he, uh, what he uh, seems to live in. And we haven't seen a weird Superman yet. How are you feeling about that? I don't think he's going to make Superman weird. I don't think it's necessarily going to be a weird movie. I do think I want to I want to see that weird brain of his get a hold of Brainiac. And uh, you, you know what I mean? I want to yeah. see. He can do weird villains. Like that's uh, his. Yeah. I feel like well, that is I, his I bread and butter. Correct. Not necessarily a weird Superman, but a weird Superman story. I would love to see that. Yeah. Sure. I mean. More out of the box. It, it would be weird. To be fair, Man of Steel was a weird Superman story. Uh, yeah, uh, yes. It was weird. It was and weird. I, I like it. Yeah. I do. It's my favorite Snyder film next to Watchmen. But it's I, I have one request, and that is Neil before Zod. We're, no more. I, I, we can't do oh any boy. more 80s <laughs> Neil before Zod. references. We can't. All right. We're moving on. Moving on. Moving on. All right. Uh, <laughs> okay. Bonus little call out here. Uh, 
Jonathan Majors. So we're going to, I know Ooh. there's a lot here and this could be an episode on its own, but we're just going to yeah. lightly touch on it. Maybe that will be an episode we do on our own. Um, so there was news that came out yesterday out of uh, New York that allegedly, according to sources, Jonathan Majors' accuser has been arrested allegedly for fraud. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Potential for, of fraudulent yeah. claims against him, um, which is ooh. very interesting. Oh, mm-hmm. off. Go away. That may be the um, at the moment. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Your Siri has a thought. <laughs> wow. Go away. Turn off. Thank you. <laughs> okay, when you bump ahead. the wrong button <laughs> and Siri decides to wake up. That's hilarious. No. That's- I mean, the headline that I saw this when I when I looked this up, just so y'all have for reference, Jonathan Major's ex-girlfriend may face arrest as domestic violence takes takes a new turn. And that's from Yahoo Entertainment News. I mean, you know, yeah. take that with a grain of salt. But yeah, I know, Ryan, you knew about this before I did. Yeah. So it's uh, it's interesting because there's there's a whole thing of I'm going to say that I'm guilty on this, too, is uh, in the court of public opinion. Um he, everything about that sounded like he was guilty. Like everything about that from, from the wording um, where she's talking to the police and saying, oh, I'm so sorry, I deserved it, I earned it. That, that is scripted abuser talk. Um, I, I did this, this was my fault, I earned this, I, I deserved this, I, he, uh, 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 I took his phone or he took my, or whatever. Um, it sounded, the words that were coming out of her mouth in the, the initial report sounded like, yeah, she's abused and, and she's terrified of him. Um, so court of public opinion, he was already kind of guilty in my eyes. I've heard rumors yeah. that this is not necessarily new behavior from him. Um, it's just suddenly the police, I, like it got bad enough that the police got called. Things have shifted a bit. And apparently uh, we can look up some details here, see if you guys know some information now that I don't. But what I was seeing yesterday is that um, uh, in a letter to a judge in April, Miss Chowdhury said that Miss uh, Jabari's tale was a complete lie and told her an alternative story saying that after Miss Jabari physically confronted Mr. Majors, hitting and scratching him, she then went out clubbing and later passed out in a closet at his home. Um, so <laughs> there, there's a piece where uh, she has now been arrested. She is now being investigated. Um in the actual court, not a public opinion, but the actual court, uh, apparently the the case uh, for Jonathan Majors is being tried right now. So things are evolving. As mm. we and, um, his, and you know what his lawyers are saying? That they're saying that it's method acting that is being misused. Yeah, I saw that article you just said. You yeah, can't I think, use that as a defense, though. That's not acceptable. I know. And here, and so here's, I'll say this. First of all, it's it's disappointing, First, of all, especially if there's actual victims. So let's just make sure that clear. Yes. That's the number one thing. Secondly, what a what a career that we're all going to get cheated out of with a dynamic actor because m- maybe he he's got a lot of problems and and needs a lot of therapy maybe even needs to do jail time. But I don't want to convict him here. I, all I know is the story is whack crackerjack because there's a lot moment, happening. Yeah, it's a lot happening. It's like okay, so maybe this woman is crazy, but maybe he really is an abusive asshole at the same time. That I don't yeah. I don't know, but I, yeah. I whatever it is, I just want the truth to come out. And he either has to face judgment for that or be vindicated if it's not true and get gets on with his career. So, yeah. So yeah. That's and there's, well, and, and there what's interesting. A, go ahead. Go ahead, Ryan. Go ahead. So all I was going to say is it's interesting if you look on Disney Plus under Quantum Media or Loki, all references to King the Conqueror have been removed. So yeah, they're going to be hedging their bets. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, but all now. the... DC yeah. has has put out, including Flash, um, some movies with people that mm, 
they wouldn't necessarily want it back, but Disney won't do that. Um, yeah. Disney, like if, if Disney yeah. puts out uh, and they, they've got an actor that is abusive and dangerous and everything else, and they go ahead and keep employing him, um, Disney is too big of a brand and that will actually across the board really hurt them. Yeah. Um, so yep. it's, it is a difference between, because I was about to do a quick uh, question, how you guys are feeling about the difference between that and Ezra Miller. Um, is uh, Yeah, I mean, I think that's a valid question. And like Ezra Miller is the reason I will not, spend money on the flash. Like that's right. the reason, like yeah. I have zero desire to support him. And if you look at the allegations against him, they go back like what, 10, 15 years. And it's time and time and time and time again, I think it was vulture. I think it was vulture. They had a list of ever with links to all the cases Whoa. where they were and try, like, it was a full list and it goes back. I believe it was 10 years. Like, yeah. and I'm just, I have no desire to support that. And it's actually frustrating as an actor to think that role, like the people in those supporting roles in that film deserve to see their work seen. However, it's so tainted by this individual who needs help clearly. Yeah. And the studio and the powers that be have decided to continue to employ them instead of recasting or doing something to where ensure that a, the work it's seen, cause there's a lot, there's hundreds of people that worked on that film yeah. and it's not doing well. And that's a huge contributing factor. And then part two, they're, making it seem like, well, yeah, this person hurt a lot of people in a lot of different ways, but it's fine. Like no big deal. Yeah, and it's right? not. Yeah. Yeah. It's separating, the, separating the art from the artist is, is very, it's hard. It's, it's difficult. It's hard. Um, I struggle to this day with a lot of people, Michael Jackson included, because I don't know what to think of some of those allegations. I don't, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. I love his music. There's a lot of people I can reference in the same, in the same breath that I've had to go back and forth with, but Ezra Miller is a problematic person. He needs help, whether he's getting it. I don't know whether that contributed to the flash. I don't know, but Courtney, I don't think you're anecdotal. I think there are a lot of people and you're the target audience for these films and you would have gone to see it without it. Yeah. I would have yeah. been, it would have been somebody else. And, and, and you're, 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 you're missing out on a great return to Michael Keaton, but I understand and respect your decision, and I yeah. can't I can't argue with you on it. In fact, and maybe I'll watch it when it's on TNT or TBS because they all are at some point, you know. And yeah, like sure. it's on, maybe I'll turn it on while I'm folding laundry one day, and I'll get to see some of the work of these great art artists that are in these films. But I think for me, separating the art from the artists is it comes from if the art was made prior to allegations or problematic things, then that's where I try to compartmentalize it. But if it was, but, congruent, it, then, but it wasn't. And that's where I'm like, Oh, I can't, I can't see past it. You know? Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I, I absolutely understand uh, Marvel basically bring everything to an S screaming halt yep. because they, they absolutely cannot align with um, people. If, if the allegations, if the accusations are true, they cannot align with that kind of behavior period at all. Yep. Um, yep. it will, it will actually hurt them across the board. So it's, it, yeah. Um, I'm understanding them bringing everything to a halt. I'm curious to see, uh, as the case goes forward, um, what winds up happening? Like, um, yeah, me too. Yeah. So it'll anyways, be interesting, yeah. but what's That's interesting, and this goes into our next topic so nicely is Yay. the strike has actually, the writer's strike has actually helped Disney in that capacity because they're having to, every studio announced a slew of pushback new release dates that have all been affected and they're all 
some of them are coming out and saying it's because of the psychs. Some of them are saying, well, not really, but you know, whatever. But it's all pretty much in accordance and because of the writer strike that's currently going on. And in my opinion, Disney's getting some really nice coverage of being yeah. able to push these dates, and they don't have to say it is because we are in limbo with this Jonathan Major situation. They can just say, oh, we're pushing back dates, and then everybody thinks, oh, because of the writer strike. Like right. nobody is making that connection. And in my opinion. That's a win for Disney right now. So what you're saying is that Disney is actually in charge of creating the writer's strike. <laughs> I mean, do we, wow. Mickey Mouse runs the world, right? Wow. Disney runs okay, the well, world. That's right. So now that we're talking about the strike, okay, we are in day, I think we're in day 90. Ooh. Uh, Hold on. I should have I should have corrected this. Let me look really quick. But OK, while I'm looking this up to get the exact day count or week count, what do you guys know about the writer strike? And do you have initial thoughts? Go for it. Um, well, I mean, I understand why we're doing it. It's because they're not getting their they're not getting the money that they deserve. And it's and the the issue is real. And. I don't understand how this continues to drag on when this could be just so easily resolved. And I, I don't, I don't know where, where, where's the end game on this thing? Because they're not going to stop until they get their, their, until they get what they deserve. So I don't understand yeah. why this is complicated. And you look at the a plus people that are all over Hollywood that are supporting and rallying behind it just mm -hmm. for politics, for political purposes, you would think this would already be over. So you would think I, so. Uh, you would think so. So, so God why is it lasting? Do we know? So I've been listening actually to a lot of her podcasts and I've been trying to save today. I actually went and picketed uh, in Paramount a couple of weekends ago and then yeah. at Warner Brothers uh, shortly after that. So I've been a part of the pickets and the lines. I mean, it's nice. the amount of support is insane. The day I was at Paramount, um, their Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre sent fried chicken and yes. sent bagels and sent like they like these huge names throughout the entertainment industry are finding out where this picket these picket lines are and they're yeah. just sending stuff that's like, so it's awesome. amazing so it is awesome. amazing um and i think the biggest sentiment is and the, and the difference i'm hearing as you listen to like economics and like or econ economists excuse me and other people talk about it is the solidarity across all the unions so not only is the wga striking but sag is supportive of them the screen actors mm -hmm. guild you have the teamsters those are all the people who do yep. literally everything behind the scenes they drive the trucks they bring in stuff they load yeah. everything in and out i mean all of everything and then you also have iatsi which is all your other people behind the scenes like yep. your grips your best boys etc and the the solidarity has been incredible when i was on the picket lines uh, talking to people, you, you, you're, you're just walking around holding the sign and you're trying to get people to honk and you know all this stuff. And you're sharing conversations with people. And the biggest sentiment I heard is the connection and the willingness for somebody within a studio, within a production to say, hey, FYI, we are shooting at this location. We were told to get there at 4.30 a.m. to avoid picket lines. So what do, what do the writers do? They get people there at 4 a.m. So IATSE and Teamsters and SAG show up and they're like, we're not crossing the picket line. See you later. And then that production shut down. So nice. the solidarity has just been outstanding. Um, and I double checked. It was day 50 on June 20th. So we're like 60 days in. Like we're one yeah, month nuts. and four weeks in. So we're eight weeks at this point. 
Yeah. And you and you just listed Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Matt Reeves, writer, director of the yep. Batman. He's been on the front lines. Yep. Uh, There's been a lot of people. And yeah. Tag, I know I sent this link in our in our group chat uh, I guess a couple nights ago, but there have been over a thousand like what they consider A-list actors. So think Meryl Streep, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Michael B. Douglas, like all these huge actors that wrote a letter to SAG saying, Hey, we're ready to strike. Like, don't make don't make it like a crappy deal. Like, get what we're asking for. Yep. Or we're ready. Like we're going to make it happen. We're going to support the people that we need to to make this work. And, and I that, think that's a huge deal. It's Brian, a, it, you, well, you, it's you. a funny thing because uh, you you hear people uh, talk about that. It you know the era of the unions is past, and unions are just a problem. And there have been a couple of times um, that over the years that I've that I've known and heard of where unions get in the way of like small things happening. Um, thankfully, there's actually agreements now so that SAG, small, low budget, independent can actually happen. But for a long time, there was, there yeah. was a period where that wasn't acceptable. And there's a period where you're sitting there going, if you're anywhere in their radius and you're like, no, I want to do a thing for me, you'll wind mm -hmm. up with people standing outside of your, your building with bullhorns having a conversation to stop you from shooting, which if you can't afford SAG kind of screws things up. So there's there's been a piece of that throughout my career, but there's also been a huge piece of things like this where you go, no, uh, these unions exist for a very good reason. And yep. the, the powers that be have made it very clear that they're not going to give you what you deserve unless there's consequences. So the, the, the moment, the, yeah, the moment that you benefit from the work that that unions have done for yeah. decades and generations and generations is when you kind of wake up and say, Okay, got I got it. it because you like the empathy, the understanding. Yeah. And then you understand that are they perfect? No. Have they made mistakes? Yes. Have they hindered productivity at times? Sure. Whether we can yeah. get into a, pol a political discussion about it as well. No need to. Pa overwhelmingly, they're a positive force and we're seeing yeah. it right now. Well, and, and, uh, I, and did you, Brian, you remember going through the strike in 1999, 2000? Were you around? I, just I, I, was, you I wasn't around uh, in the film industry yet for that, but uh, I was thinking actually about the railroad. Uh, workers earlier this year is is talking about people mm, that are that are basically right. saying it's like there's one of us on this train and we're not getting any days off for any like there, there's a lot of like you can't do that yeah yeah so it's uh, no we're we're seeing the power of some of these unions and the and the necessity for them in a number of good places so that's right um, yeah which is interesting because we're all in Texas and Texas is a right to work state so technically it doesn't actually serve us to be union here. Because if I'm SAG in Dallas, I don't work at all. So it's a really I got a weird line and a weird I, mixed I, feeling. I, I, I've had SAG eligible on my resume for a hundred years, and same here. So uh, I, I appreciate everything they're doing. If I ever move to a region where it is viable, yay! But here it'll actually hurt me financially more than be a part of it. But out in LA, especially, no, they're they're doing their thing. It's like, look, Good. I'd like to, yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to turn down a three thousand dollar job. That's a five hours on a set. I would like to turn that down for the union, but I can't. I got to take it. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and that's what's yeah. interesting. And um, I'm hoping so what's one of the deal points, for example, the SAG strike, actually, before I get into that, uh, no. for those of you listening who don't know, the AMPTP is the body that these unions, SAG, DGA, uh, WGA are negotiating with. And that is the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. And what it is, is a coalition, let's call it, of all of the studios, all of the networks that run Hollywood. So think Netflix, Disney, Warner Brothers, Paramount, Fox. It's, it's all those people in a room mm -hmm. that all have their yachts and their planes and like all their stuff. Like the people that and, actually really collect the paycheck, like the big paycheck. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. The big paychecks. And so they're the ones they have, a 
you know, same as all the unions do, they have a negotiating body um, that is going in and they're trying to have these conversations. So SAG authorized or authorized, excuse me, a vote to strike with 97% or no, 98%. The riders was 97%. Wow. And SAG wow. has over 165,000 members. Wow. So 98% of membership that yeah. voted authorized a strike, which is wild. So not only yeah. is it a higher percentage than the writers that voted to strike, but I mean, it's the highest in SAG history, which is insane. Um, so that's, and SAG has not sh- uh, struck yet. We're recording this on uh, June 30th. So the contract expires tonight at midnight specific time. Um, and we'll see the lo- latest news that I saw coming out yesterday was there were rumors that they were going to extend the deadline to the 7th of July, given the holiday weekend. Nobody knows if that's happening. July 4th is one of those weekends where it, the industry shuts down. It's like holiday yep. season and, yep. you know, any other federal holiday. They just shut down. They go take a break. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but there's a lot of energy and wherewithal to say, let's strike. Like, let's get what we want. Because I mm-hmm. think this is really at a crux of the industry. Um, what yeah. do you guys think about all this? Sag striking. I, we I, would, I, all of us would be affected. I yeah. agree with I, I agree with everything you just said. Yeah. Um, if. if there's a lot of people, like you said, there's hundreds, if not thousands of people that work on a given film project. And mm-hmm. if those yep. people, um, and we're seeing that this isn't just the film industry, we're kind of seeing this across the board. We're starting to get into political stuff here. Um, but we're kind of seeing this across yeah. the board where you're getting people that are, that are working and they're not making appropriate money for the work and the value of the work that they're doing. That's right. Uh, and we're seeing that kind of across the board in our, in our, uh, <laughs> in our country at the moment. Um, yeah. and it's, and it's a problem. It's an issue. Um, so if they've got the ability to do something about it, I'm in the film industry as well. I'm certainly as a photographer and, and camera guy and peripheral to it as well. Um, and it does set, even here in Texas, it does set the basis for rates. Um, there's a lot of projects here that might not be SAG, but the, but SAG scale makes every actor that looks at the audition notice, their eyebrows go up and go good. So they do set the base for the industry. Absolutely. Well, and also think that. about there's a potential that if SAG does strike and we take certain things to the table, we would have to be paid for self tapes. Oh, that's gonna, huge. And, and, and I'm going to say something that's I'm dipping my toe into politics a little bit here, but I'll, I'll pull right out of it. I promise. Oh, boy. <laughs> but yeah, but it's it's pertinent. To Famous last words. And yeah, no, I promise. I, 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 I know our audience. I know I know where I'm at. But it's I think yeah. it's important. Is that in politics we get so we define it by like tribalism and my team and your team. And do you like Trump and MAGA? And I like Joe Biden and it becomes this cult of personality thing. Right. And, yeah. and, and, and the, the media does nothing but just make that worse. Fan those okay? flames. Yeah. When we start yeah. talking about things like this, when we start seeing S- Supreme court rulings and we start talking about real life things with artists implications. and people work, implications yeah. and the ramifications. And this is what is truly should be political. This is true politics, not yeah. cult of personality, but when you vote, and I'm not advocating for who to vote for or how to vote. I'm just saying when you go to vote, no matter who it is, president, local level, whatever, it's this kind of stuff is what you should be voting for or against. Not yeah. you like, right? I just want to say that because this is and real I heard, live stuff. Yeah, vote I heard something really interesting. people. Yeah. Yes. Vote issues, not people agree. Right. Um, I heard something really interesting on another podcast I was listening to. Uh, Matt Baloney does a podcast called The Town. And I think it's great. It's like he does it twice a week and it's like a digest on a topic in the industry, which is amazing. As an actor, you want to stay up to date on that. But there was a comment made by someone he had on his show that 
when we started seeing our writers having to have one to two additional jobs on top yeah. of their writing jobs, yeah. that was mm -hmm. our huge red right. flag. Yeah. Right. Like that's a problem. And we're seeing that in actors as well. Like I have a full-time job with SAS company. Like I work full-time and I pursue acting and then I do other crap too, but that's a personal issue. Um, but <laughs> like that's, that's starting to become such a norm for a working class. We do not have a stabilized working class anymore. And these yeah. unions are the perfect example of that. Yep. Yeah, no, it's so a couple of issues on the SAG strike that I'll just highlight as you know, people may be wondering why it will kind of hit those, and then I know we can move on and we're starting to rant. Um, okay, so well, there I was going to four... make a comment real quick about this kind of edges Go into the submarine that uh, with the oh. billionaires in it that went down this week. Oh boy, and the number of people oh. that are like, well, that's what they get <laughs> when you get the I when mean, you get billionaires wow. that are outside the system and uh, and they go off and they be dumb and spend their money, then you kind of nod your head and go, yep. Cool. Eat the rich. <laughs> I was on I was on a live LinkedIn show the other morning and I had a lot of fun. Oh, it was LinkedIn. These guys are like yeah. they're they're edgy in their LinkedIn. And so I was really careful because it's LinkedIn. Yeah. And they were they were they had a contest of and you stay was, away from edgy. Oh you mean, man. You mean this I, show I, doesn't go on LinkedIn? What? Right. No, I was a guest <laughs> on a show. And and it's really good. It's funny, but they start talking about this topic. I was like, yeah. I don't want to touch this on LinkedIn. No, thank you. Anyway, yeah. well, here's yeah. I heard somebody say Kirby, her name's Kirby Johnson. She went to TCU where I went to school and I follow her because I think she's awesome. And she's a beauty. She's a makeup artist. And she made a comment on at some point. She was like, look, as far as I'm concerned, the Titanic is a grave site. Leave it the fuck alone. Like there's like, right. stop. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I, I think that's how I feel, too. Like, yes, leave yeah. it alone. Yeah. Well, and there have been right. people popping up and, and telling jokes about uh, the, the, the orcas that are sinking ships. They've started ordering. Five oh, guys. my God. Oh my God, that's funny. They're yeah, ordering five funny. guys because apparently five guys does subs now. Um, and then of course you get the people that are that are popping up and they're talking about the morality <laughs> of laughing about the fact that five people just died while other things are going on. And it has sparked some really interesting conversation about yeah. morality versus um uh oh my brain just shut off. Um, but it's it's interesting because it sparked the conversation of what sparks like what drives morality. Is it just literally saying all human life? Is it community-based? Because you can argue that billionaires don't exist for community. They literally exist for self. So there's an entire- That's it, a good point. The number of really interesting philosophical conversations that have been sparked by this sub going down is really kind of fascinating. And it has, it's, uh, there's been some fantastic perspectives coming out on both sides of, the, of that whole thing because it, it's all just- it's interesting. We're laughing, but should I feel bad for laughing? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll say this, and I'm not trying to make you feel bad for some jokes, okay? Because I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, it's levity is cathartic. Yeah. Um, but for you know, the thing that because I've got a million opinions about the CEO and his hubris and all these other things, but I'll right. just say, a 19 year old kid who didn't even yeah. want to get on that damn thing and did it for his dad for Father's Day is is dead. And that is yeah. an unfortunate that, that's tragedy. That's tragic. That it is tragic. Yes. Awful. It's Agreed. awful. Yes. All right. Let's move on from. Bring it summer. on. All right. Yeah, move yeah. on. All right. We're going to go over just the major sticking points on the strikes just so you understand. Those of you yes, who are listening, you may not know. So we're going to start with the WGA. So uh, we can link these in the show notes. This is uh, from CBS News Los Angeles. So uh, point number one is mandatory staffing. So basically saying we can't just pass off a script and then you say, bye-bye writers. And then if something needs to change, you ask us to come in for free. 
that's not how that works. Uh, so that's a sticking point for the writers along with, sorry, uh, better residuals and pay. This is also one we'll hear for the actors. So think about the syndication rate. So for example, like the Friends cast, every time an episode airs on TBS, they get a nice big old fat check. Mm-hmm. I have received checks for 26 cents mm-hmm. of residuals. Yep. Like that's not fair. Like if I'm getting a check in the mail, like a 26 cent check, it costs more to send the damn check. That's right. It costs more than the same. You didn't even cash it. Stupid. I had a, yeah, I had a, a, I had it framed at one point. This was back when you actually literally got check checks. Yeah. It was like, it was like 17 cents for a Chili's commercial. I was like, what what is that? Did it air for like a split second (laughs) in some, in outer Mongolia or something? Like, how do you even get that number? Yeah. Exactly. And like, that's the issue. The residuals payments, because it's new media is, Screwed up. All right. Um, AI protections is another one. This one probably seems self-explanatory. Like AI does not have the ability to create new things. AI samples existing things that it has access to and modifies. So it's copyright infringement, basically. And so they're wanting to make sure that there's a regulation on AI. Um, And the AMTBP's response to that particularly was like a slap in the face. So that's the writer's. Those are the main sticking points. For, and there's others, but those are the big ones. Yeah. Uh, for AI actors, residuals. Is an issue, right? It's going to be even bigger because they're perfecting oh. it still. And exactly. there's no, there's actually no um, tracking right now where it's sampling image. I'm a photographer. And all of a sudden, yeah. you get AI people popping up and going, oh, you can just get do your headshots through AI. That's the core of my business. Um, yeah. So there's a huge piece in there where if they're sampling my images somewhere in there, uh, yep. and, and using well, those it's on the internet, they probably are, they, they possibly are. So there's a piece in there where cool, I deserve a percentage of something or other. And there is no way of tracking it right now. So, yep. um, but it's also, yeah, it's, it's what's next. So they need to be addressing that. They need to be addressing it now. Yes. Agreed. Because yeah. I think what they're learning is you look back in the 0708 strike and streaming was brand new. Hulu had just started their next day thing. You know, mm. that was a whole big deal. Netflix yeah. was just becoming a streaming platform. And the AMTPT said, oh, you know, like, we'll see how it goes. Right. And here we are like 15 years later. And there has been no seeing how it goes. It has been the aim. Well, we're not. Nope, we're not renewing. Nope, we're not. And so well, it's, it's- I you still have Netflix, I think, that is uh, doesn't show uh, viewership data. So, Nobody does. None of the streamers do. Which is None which of them. for for those people that aren't in the film industry, that is how uh, people that are in the film industry get paid is residuals. Is how you can negotiate? People, yeah. In terms of negotiating rates, in terms of everything else, is how many people viewed this show? Is this show doing yep. well? Um, does it have high viewership? Cool, pay me more because that's the way that yep. works. I'm creating a but, product that is making you money. And Netflix mm-hmm. is one of the ones that's been notorious for sitting on that data um, yep. in negotiations and everything else. And that seems like it should be against the rules. You would think so. I mean, it that's a, why Nielsen was brought into place. Like that was yeah. a federal, I believe it was a federal mandate. With was it Paramount really? Papers. I believe wow. it was. I'm okay. pretty sure it was. I could be wrong on that, but I, my history of film class is coming back to me. I believe that was correct. Um, but yeah, so that's a big issue. So streaming residuals, how to calculate them. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, <laughs> which I recently actually just found out that my history of film professor, Jonah Gennigan, passed, which was very sad because she was like oh, the most oh, passionate person sorry. about old Hollywood. Like she was yeah. amazing. Um, okay. So cost residuals, obviously AI, two big issues for actors as well. The cost of self-taping is unreal at this point like we have to have lights we have to have a background we have to have microphones we have to be able to it's just stupid like it's crazy 
it's it's crazy. It's a huge amount of um, uh, okay. So um, again, for the people out there that are not in the film industry, self tape for actors is when used to be uh, an audition. You get the audition, you study your lines, you show up to a designated place at a designated time, you read in front of whoever, they tape it, they show it to the producer and director, and you book or don't book and uh, get it a call back or don't get a call, whatever. Um, but that was the whole thing is it was on the casting directors to schedule a location, to have a place, to have a camera or cameraman, um, to edit footage and to get it themselves imported and, and sent to. Since the pandemic where everybody started doing things at home, it was neat to be a, for, neat for a few months to be able to tape at home and send your tapes in because it meant that you could stay home, you could stay safe, you're saving gas money, all the rest of that fun stuff. It is now turned into uh, every actor has to have designated rooms, designated walls, designated equipment to actually do this. And uh, some of these auditions are, they ask a lot. They, they want 18 different shots. And it's or they uh, want it's, 12 pages in 48 hours. Or they want 12 pages. Like there's there's a piece in here where you go, cool. If I'm running the camera and reading, then somewhere along the way, yeah, I should be getting a paycheck. <laughs> yeah, it's just a lot of work. And then it's on top of, of that, I think I, I I am an all I'm all for self-taping. Like yeah. I love it way more than going into the room. I would get so nervous going into the room. I never felt oh. like I had my best work. So yeah. I, I am all for self-taping, okay. um, but we don't See, get any feedback. And that's what I, yeah. you know, I don't know. But there's also part of what I've been he hearing down the pipeline is yeah. there's going, going to be pushing for some sort of transparency on Actors As Access and Casting Networks, which are the two platforms where these self-tapes get uploaded to of yeah. how much was your self-tape was watched? Was it forwarded to anyone else? How many times was it watched? So and there would be three required reporting metrics. It, it used to be because you know at least the casting director has seen you audition because you audition in front of them. Um, yeah. These days, I'm hearing one of the things of like once they cast, like they may cast the role, you've got five days to get your audition in. They may yeah. cast it off of one of the videos in the first day and simply not watch the rest of them. And that's frustrating. I get and it. And so if they have to pay for it, then they're yeah. going to be a lot more selective. So, so I'm all for it. Like I'd rather have an intentional audition than a cattle call where I know I'm never going to get watched. Yeah. So by the way, uh, to our audience, that's not anywhere in the film industry. We're all three of us actors. This is a source. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say, yeah, we're, we're, we're getting in the weeds on that, but I, I just want to yeah. say this real quick. I just booked my first job. I, I don't think I, I don't know if I, I can talk about it yet, but it, I've got a I got a two day shoot on a, in, in a movie. I'm, cool, congratulations! Yeah, really man. proud. Of it. It's a really cool <laughs> role. It's a nice. it's a quick one, but it's a there's a monologue that if it doesn't end up on the editing floor, man, that's going to be a killer thing to show people. Yep. Um, if I do half as good as I did in the audition, it's going to be great. But here's the funny thing: yeah, it was an in person audition. Ooh, the only one I've done. Interesting. Yeah, See, yeah. I, have... I checked in. It was like like old in school. I was looking around. I was like, yeah. I introduced myself. Went in and read. I was like, this is weird. Hit my mark. What's my frame? What's your slate? Yeah. Like, wow, this yeah. is strange. All right. Actually, you know, by the way, quick side note on that. Um, I ran into one of the local casting directors here about a week ago, and I asked him about uh, the current situation. And he nodded his head and basically said, yeah, it sucks for us too, because the uh, the production companies aren't putting out the budget for him to hire a videographer. They're not putting out the budget for him to have a studio space anymore. Yeah. So yep. he misses actually... Because uh, the casting directors are actually on your side. They want you to book. Yeah, absolutely. This is interacting with actors. Right now, he's got zero interaction with us. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, it's one of those kind of things where they're not paying him uh, uh, enough. They basically decide, well, if you're working from home, we're going to pay you less. Yeah. So they're not paying him enough to even have a studio space anymore. So yeah. it's he's not happy with it either. It's not just us. So that's actually yep. really good to know. 
Yeah, casting directors. I follow, I mean, several on social media. And Erica yeah. Bream's one of the ones that I, I think I, I adore her. She's wonderful. I've taken a couple of her classes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's. I feel like that's the sentiment everywhere. Um, yeah. But yeah, it makes sense. So we're, we're, we're deep into actor conversation. What do we got next? Now, yeah, we're going to move on. Uh, the only <laughs> last thing on the SAG strike is minimum pay. We already talked about that in depth. We don't need to go yeah. back to it. Great. So Love box it. office. So there's a big franchise IP film out this week. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Yo. Destiny. Okay. And we've also got Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken, that comes from the Illumination Studio that did uh, Minions. And then there's some TV that came out this weekend last. So The Bear Season 2, if y'all haven't watched it, you should. It's on Hulu. It's amazing. The Witcher Season 3, for those of you who are uh, Henry Cavill fans. And then in Just Like That Season 2, which, again, that's the Sex and the City franchise. Yep. Um, in terms of box office, Spider-Verse has just continued to blow oh, it out so of the water. Good. I didn't do an episode so before, good. but it's so good. So good. And then the flash has continued to slowly fall off the radar. The, the and flash they're losing has, money hard, aren't they? Yeah. Let me just say, I let think me, it's let me, bad. Let me, let me say this before we, um, I know we're wrapping up the show here, but listen, I'm excited for Indiana Jones. I know it's gotten mixed reviews. I don't care. I don't care about mixed reviews. It's, it's Indiana Harrison Jones. Ford. It's John Williams. I want to go see it. It's this swan song. It's the last one. I didn't hate the last one, by the way. And I'll be honest with you. I'm not crazy about Temple of Doom. I mean, nostalgic nostalgia purposes i love it but i love raiders yeah. of the lost ark and and last crusade and i like the other two so i, I like all four of them so i'm yeah. i'm a fan I'm a, I'm a fan of the franchise i'm all over it i'm excited and i'll just say when i know we already kind of talked about this i don't i don't want to beat a dead horse but uh the flash yes falling. you do no <laughs> i don't you. the flash falling yes you do no, thank you for saying the, that Courtney. The, the thank flash you for that. falling <laughs> Is we we I I I've said what I I believe I think it's 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 just from a toxic universe with some exceptions Wonder Woman and Aquaman, and I think it's just time to just and James Gunn is doing this. It's just time to reset, like yeah. pe Peacemaker, I guess, and and maybe Aquaman. We'll see how, it does, but just we're we're done. Like let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. The, the the thing that sucks for me the most is Michael Keaton, who his comeback was in this film and he's great in it. And I, and I stand by the fact that I do think it's a damn fine comic book movie, but it's really unfortunate that he was edited out of the end. Y'all care if I spoil this? Or at the no, end? I'm not going to um, see it. <laughs> I might see it. Don't, uh, don't, don't kill too much. Okay. Well, the, the, the ending scene was supposed to be him. It was filmed and they changed it to this other actor. And, yeah. and then, and then Batgirl was, um, was 86. And yeah. he's in it. No, it's supposed to be. He's in it. And he filmed it. And God, there's some stills that are dripping oh, that just look yeah. God, dropping that just looks so great. And so I don't know if we're ever going to see him again now. And I would love to have some kind of Batman Beyond or something with him in a black label. But I don't know. But anyway, yeah. James Gunn is resetting. Superman Legacy is to bring this all full circle. Yep. I'm, I'm here for it. That's all I got. Love it. Um, are you guys liking uh, uh, Marvel Secret Wars? I've only seen the first episode. Don't spoil the second one yet, but are you guys liking? What are you thinking? I'm loving it, personally. It. it is Marvel's and or, in my opinion. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's 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 slow burn. It's espionage. Like, it is my... It's a spy thriller. I'm here. I'm here for it. And I just love Nick Fury with yeah. everything I have. Samuel L. Yeah. Jackson, I did work with him someday. Um, but yes, I love it. I think love. he's... I think it's great personally um but it's only six episodes so yeah. like yeah yeah we'll see how it goes yeah. i mean there's some criticisms of it for sure i mean within the first episode brian i'm sure you have some it's slow there's problems it, as everything 
it it raises it raises uh yeah it raises some concern it's really difficult because part of the whole thing with the spy espionage thriller is you never know who is who so yep. uh i'm hoping they clear something like don't leave everything too gray yeah <laughs> like, give one me, thing give that me is hilarious yeah yeah so something that i thought was hilarious i saw this on social media during um leading up to the first premiere which i guess was last week yeah um there was a guerrilla marketing where abc stations had people in scroll makeup walking behind people doing the news nice. and it was like the most hilarious thing i've ever seen like there's just nice. this random like person dressed up in this green scroll makeup just like walking behind like they're going to work and it was like okay. wait what what it was great love it yeah but yeah that's what we got today anybody else have any thoughts things they want to talk about uh no 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 i have have nothing i want to talk about ever i'm totally done talking this was a fun episode it's good to be it's It's good to have the game back again it was meaty a lot of stuff yeah we got to do this more continuously so we don't have to talk about everything everything all at once no it was good although that was a good movie it was so good it's on paramount now if you haven't watched it we have paramount (laughs) plus love it all right y'all all right what do you got to plug? Let's hear it. Rick, what do you got? Okay, follow me on Twitter. It's my new Twitter handle, at Dick Shoes. D-S-C-K-S-H-E-W-S. I'm going slightly somewhat anonymous on Twitter these days because I just am. Uh, and then follow us. Simple. Yeah, follow us everywhere. Really, just continue yeah. to support the show. Hit us on YouTube. Hit us up on where you're listening to podcasts now on iTunes or Stitcher's going away. We're not gonna have Stitcher anymore, by the way. I think it only has like 30 more days and it's gone. Pandora oh, wow. is yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, wherever you find great podcasts, we appreciate the support. Love you guys. Thanks. Love it. Awesome, Brian. I am uh Brian Chatlin. I'm your friendly neighborhood photographer, uh at Chatlin Photo on Instagram. Um, yeah, follow me, like me, subscribe me, pat me on the head, tell me I'm a good boy, all the rest of that fun stuff. Uh, and i'm courtney cheek i'm not really on twitter but you can find me on instagram at courtney elizabeth cheek Um, but yeah thanks for listening guys and please feel free to interact with us on social media even leave some comments rate and review give us the five stars yes nicely we love kind humans uh but yeah can't wait to see y'all hear y'all i guess i don't know again have a great week That wraps up another episode of the Friends from Work Let's Chat podcast. Tune in each week as we discuss all things pop culture, and you may catch a special guest or two. Be sure to follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and subscribe wherever you get great podcasts. I'm Courtney Cheek, and on behalf of myself, Rick Shu, and Brian Chatlin, we are the Friends from Work. We thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Freak Face, take us out. Get down.